Running down dogma with his karma. This is the Drew Marshall Show. We're heading into the final stretch of the show. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. We have over 160 countries tuning in as we speak. Did you know that? About one person in each. About one person in each country. (laughs) I wonder if Brett from uh, Australia has... No, he's still on the Camino. Well, he listens to us, I think. Even on the Camino. Yeah, that's the impression I get. And then uh, what about Manny from Georgetown? We haven't heard from him for a while. And then uh, Vil from um, Finland. Sweden? I don't know. I stopped listening. All right, all right. Carla Collins, award-winning comedian, actress, television host, and best-selling author. Uh, Carla headlines comedy venues across the U.S. and Canada. And the Huffington Post calls her hilarious, masterful, and belly-achingly funny. Hmm. Collins is currently filming The Last Laugh, a sitcom she created loosely based on her life. Emphasis on loose. In L.A., oh, performing geez. stand-up comedy at funerals. Really? That's my life. How did I not figure that out? Like, why is Carla doing this? I went to Second City. I did the improv. I did the stand-up. You I lived? grew up in yeah. the funeral business. How am I not doing this? Carla joins us to talk about her recent Huffington Post article entitled, Telling Dark Jokes Helped Me Cope With My Mother's Death. And uh, she is right now currently in Malibu. Are you in Malibu, darling? I am in Malibu. Can you see the ocean from your place? Uh, I can, actually, yes. I hate you. I know. It's making my life sound a lot better than it is. <laughs> it, it, uh, no, I know your life. and uh, No, I don't, actually. But I know a little bit about your life. And I know that uh, losing your mom was a real kick in the guts. Like a legit kick in the guts. How, I mean, how bad did it get for you? Did you just, like... I want to get serious instead of funny. So let's just get serious for a second. What impact did losing your mom have on you? Uh, Definitely the most difficult, most horrible thing I've been through. And it had had an enormous effect on me. Um, Because her death was very unexpected, um, I had the benefit of shock, I think, for the first six months or so. And we're coming up to, it's been... It will well, be three years this summer, actually, and I have to tell you that sometimes year two, and I've heard this from a lot of people, was much worse. Wow. And I think now, and I've heard three, between three and four, it starts to get better, and uh, I'd like to believe that, and I think so, but she was, the, I mean, we were like one person, so for me, that was losing my soulmate and kindred spirit and best friend, and... So it got bad. I have to say that I think it was the first time I've probably dealt with depression. Hmm. And I know this will say, I don't mean it for it to sound funny, but because that's something new to me, I remember watching some type of documentary about George Foreman, of all people, and they said he went through this horrible depression for two years and then came out of it like this huge champ. And I remember saying, thinking to myself, okay, I have two years on the George Foreman timeline for some reason, which was important to me. And when I blew past the two years, I thought, oh, no, I'm really screwed up. Yeah. But uh, there's different ways to cope with it. And obviously, we carry on as humans because, you know, that is the natural order. It's not like losing a child, which I cannot imagine. But for everyone, uh, their bag of hammers is hard for them. 
we all have something to deal with, and uh, it's it's a lot better. I think it's it, I think it's better now, though, Drew. Um, I don't. Oh no, I did meet Rosemary one time. Is that your name? Wasn't it Rosemary? Yes. Yes. Rosemary, and oh, she she would be she would love you so hard for not saying Rosemary, which used to cause her to start to tick. Who who says Rosemary? Who does that? Everyone called her. It's Rosemary because she's French, and she used to say, "I'm not an herb. It's not uh, Rosemary." Uh. So she she she'd be very happy on this Mother's Day weekend that you called her properly. What um, what lasting impression would I get had I hung out with? with you and, and, and Rosemary for on a couple of hours of beverages? Oh, well, try and get a word in edgewise. Uh, she would also have the lion's share of the beverages. <laughs> and, uh, she, she, a brilliant woman. I mean, you're you're just talking to the wit of Oscar Wilde, and she, I mean, she, she's just so incredibly smart and warm, intuitive, lovely, uh, very, she'd make it about you. Again, she would, I remember, I, I talk about this in my act, at one point I was trying to tell a story, my mom interrupted me like 12 times, and I said, Mom, come on, I was talking, and she said, well, I was talking over you. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, uh, and indeed she was. Boom, goes the dynamite. You can't argue with that. Nope. She had a, a deep voice, like sort of a sexy Darth Vader, and uh, <laughs> she was her, listen, she was my best feature. I, I am fully comfortable for the rest of my life knowing people sometimes just hung out with me to meet my mom or be with her and that uh, they liked her better. She was really uh, one of a kind. She was one in a billion. But what about what about your material? Because, you know, it's not as though you, that you're new to this dark humor thing. I mean, you've, you've been, you're one of, oh, here we go with this. And you know that this is not going to be a pleasant conversation when I start with, I'm just, for whatever reason, one of those sexist jerks who doesn't find most female comedians funny. And I find well, you... What's I'm, that? Not, I'm not crazy about a lot of female comedians, but then again, I'm not crazy about a lot of male comedians. Right. I hate, I hate the term female comedian. Right? Why? Why? No, because no one called Louis C.K. a male comedian. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the female is silent. It's not what makes a good female <laughs> comedian. The same thing that makes a great giraffe comedian be funny. <sighs> I, mean, I don't, I don't know the female has to be in there, yo. Okay, um, let's just go back to where I was going with that before I got terrified. Nice. Um, d did your mom ever pull you aside after a gig and go, now, Carla? <laughs> oh, she'd say it during gigs. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember doing, I think it was a joke about the, the Pope or the Holy Ghost, which is my favorite. Because, again, I very much believe in God. I just think that sometimes the whole thing needs a better publicist. Yep. Um, I was trying to, uh, you know, modernize and, and pimp up the Holy Ghost, change his name to Hoko, maybe where, because, you know, he, he doesn't get a lot of love. He's the Tiffany Trump of the Holy Trinity. <laughs> oh, Hogo. Tim, turn your, if you're going to laugh this loud during Carla's thing, turn your mic down. You are just insane over Sorry, there. Sorry, that just caught me off guard. It was hilarious. I love the laughter. That's a great thing to hear. So I had this whole thing where nobody, you know, Ben Affleck doesn't think the Holy Ghost <laughs> at the Oscars, and uh, you know, I grew up French, so Saint Esprit sounds so much better. Like you might have a, a chalet in Saint Esprit, the bonhomme <laughs> might show up, but Holy Ghost sounds horrible. It does, and that you know, he occupies that he has to go up to God and Jesus at some point and say, "Hey, it's Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I'm both shoulders, you guys. You have nothing but a stick without me." <laughs> <Yeah>. so <I'm> <laughs> 
kind of stick up for the underdog. And my mom happened to walk in on that joke after going for a bathroom break, I'm guessing, after so much wine. And I just heard Carla Marie. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, my mom loved all of my humor. She really did. You know, Drew, she opened for me towards the end. She was going on stage before me, and she came to every single oh, show, and good. nobody laughed louder. That's good. That's good. I love it. I love it. Hogo, <laughs> the new name for the Holy Ghost. Me and the Hogo. Yo, yo. So let's talk about this whole dark humor thing. And and, and I don't know, my, my uh, intro into this conversation has to do with, I think it was Seinfeld that said something about... I'm not going to play university campuses because they're just so politically correct and everybody gets offended at everything and sensitive. I mean, do you, you obviously know that, that story. What do, Absolutely. You, what do you think? I think it's a really interesting time because, in my humble opinion, I've always been a fan of dark uh, comedy. You know, it's, it's very slimming. Um, and <laughs> I've traditionally been I, – I didn't really use a lot of it myself at the beginning uh, obviously much more so since mom's passed but i believe it's really having a moment right now mm. because of i think perhaps the times we're living in you know the fact that we have a president in the united states who probably firmly believes that andrew jackson was one of the underrated members of the jackson five <laughs> and, you know i'm mean, gonna have a million of course we have a million jokes but it, it seems like you know it could be end of times ish mm -hmm. and I think so people lean on dark humor more. I know for me it helps me with the death of mom because I do quite a few jokes about death because I believe if you shine a light on a topic, it takes away some of the horror and the fear. And then you've got all these comedians doing it brilliantly, like from Louis C.K., who is my personal favorite, to Jim Jeffries, Sarah Silverman. So many of them doing it, you know, crossing the line, or at least, as I say, giving the line a good deep tongue kiss. <laughs> and, <laughs> This is all happening, dark humor, and it's so celebrated in comedy clubs and on television shows and a lot of movies, yet on social media, we are living in the most sensitive time that just the most innocuous thing is taken the wrong way, and I believe that's because, first of all, there's a lot of times no context. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody can comment on social media. They say the call, you know, it's, it's this crazy politically correct time, and you know what happens when you get too politically correct? Somebody like Trump gets in, so I hope you're happy. Yeah. So I think mm. people need to find that balance. And, you know, there's also a trick to dark humor. It can't just be shocking or stupid or or to make you, you know, regale with nervous laughter. I think it takes some smarts and intelligence when you're going. If you're going to go down that road, I'm, I'm all for it, but make sure that people can see the irony. Okay, hold on. Give us an example of the kind of a dark humor thing that you might have done when it comes to the death of your mom. Okay, well, I'll give you the I'll give you the one that gets the most gas. Okay. Oh, but please, please do. It's entirely clean. Got it. Uh, so, when uh, I don't know about a year ago, I posted something on Facebook or and Twitter on Throwback Thursday was a picture of me from high school. And in high school, you know, I weighed in at about 100 pounds and had long, dark hair, and I've got my big brown eyes. Now that mom's gone, my eyes are my best feature, Drew. They're kind of doughish. And at any rate, my nickname in high school was Bambi. So when I posted this picture, people from high school said, hey, look, there's Bambi. Oh, it's Bambi. And all I could think to myself was, I really, that nickname should make a comeback, but 
you know, it applies more than ever now because my mom's dead. <laughs> and uh, oh. so you'll get a few uh. people howling and a lot of people just suck it in the air. And I can tell you one thing 100%, no one would love that joke more than my mother. <laughs> Hold on. I want to point out the fact that our intern <laughs> is sitting here doing the Colin McCulkin face. She's got, got her hands up on her face and her mouth is wide open as well as her eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, funny. is your intern Alexa? <laughs> no. Okay. No. There is, I'm, we do have, wait, how, we, we do, do have, have an, an intern named Alexa, but. Yeah, she really wants to go to my show in Port Credit, the wonderful fundraiser I'm doing for uh, Armagh uh, Women and Children's Shelter, and she can't afford to go, so I'm putting you on the spot and telling you to buy her a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're a baller. Wow. It's for a great cause. Clear Air Solutions is bringing me in. We got great comics. Uh, ladies, okay. ladies and gentlemen, I just want to do a little services announcement here on the Drew Marshall Show. We have an opening for a new intern on our show as we speak. It's just happened right now, this very moment. It wasn't her idea. It was mine to put Goodness. you on the spot. Just unbelievable. Um, I, I give her a peach, okay, Drew? Stop it. So I, I want to tell everyone about a little gig that Carla's doing because, uh, well, it's a good gig. Uh, Port Credit Legion. Nothing says gig like Port Credit Legion. And they have some. Well, I mean, you know, legions are dangerous for me because you know every man over ninety wants me. Oh, I do. <laughs> I have to get dates to pay for this. Yes, um, they're going to do a little thing in support of Arma House. A R M A G H. I don't even know what that is. What is that? Do you know? It's a women and children's shelter. Oh, well, that would. Why didn't they just call it that? No one knows what Arma House is. The amazing uh, Sandra Carusi, host of Inside Jokes Heard Sunday nights at 8 on AM 640, will be hosting a night of music and laughs. And uh, there's an amazing uh, uh, act, a feature act named uh, Howard Gla- Glassman. Gla- <laughs> Glassman? Uh, Howard is the. We met through Humble Howard. I know. I know. Do you remember when I had I had a weird, creepy picture of you on my phone during that interview and showed You're you? You're not the only one. <laughs> Howard, um, weird, Howard has a weird, creepy tattoo of me. Oh, so that's, whoa. You know. That's worser. Uh, Howard is the co-host of Canada's only national morning show, Humble and Fred, heard on Sirius XM, Canada Laughs, blah, 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 blah. We are very excited. I'm reading the thing now. They're, they are excited to announce the headliner who is flying in from L.A. for this event and will be the amazingly talented Carla Collins. Carla is also uh, a national treasure. Wow. Really? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't write up the poster. <laughs> sure. <laughs> she, I'm not bogged down by that. <laughs> I mean, she just finished starring in a hilarious play, Murder Anyone. Murder Anyone is how you have to say it. Um, That's right. She can also be seen starring in Carla Collins Comes Clean and on stage performing stand-up around North America. And uh, there will be a band there as well, Die Hipster, an anti-corporate corporate rock band. <laughs> Friday, June 9th, 7 to 10 p.m., 4 to 5 bucks. It's a fundraiser for the Don't Forget the Women and Kids Get get them off the boat first. Friday, uh, June 9th, 7 to 10, 45 bucks. You want to go to this gig. It's at the uh, Port Credit Legion, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Carla, tell me about this um, this thing you do with the, with the death and the comedy and the and the, the mixing of those things up, and it's a, it's a legit tour. Explain that just I a little will. more. I will. And first of all, I just want to mention also we have a young up-and-comer, K.J. Preston, who is also on the bill. I like to support the new comics. Very funny guy. 
So uh, that's happening on the Friday night. Then uh, on Saturday, I'll be hosting the main stage in Barrie for Barrie Pride, which is awesome. And on Sunday, you're going to like this, Drew, uh, June 11th, which was my mom's birthday. And it just worked out this way. I'm going to be uh, performing at the Full Body Loft in Toronto. I'm going to do a matinee performance at two. And if it sells out, it's a lovely, intimate space. Thanks to Shelly Marshall. Those are just my dogs. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so at the Full Body Loft, 2 p.m. matinee, my mom's birthday, June 11th, I do a show called Laugh After Death. And what happened was is the very week my mom passed away, as I said, suddenly when I flew in from Los Angeles, I had a series of shows booked, and I was encouraged by both Maggie Casella and Scott Thompson to still do one of the shows, which I managed to do. And they were standing by in case I fell apart, like the back end of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and I came homage to my mom, and I talked about my mom and all of her crazy shenanigans, and then into how, for me, hashtag blessed, my first death, really my first major death. And I found a lot of humor from the funeral director who hit on me to how people react when someone closest uh, to you dies to the fact that people, for some reason, bring you things like cheese logs and tuna casseroles. They don't know why people bring you over food from the 70s when someone dies, but it's just something that our culture does. <laughs> can and, we Hold on. That, having grown up in the funeral industry, can you please tell me about the funeral director that hit on you? Okay, if you want to know, the guy was about... 103, and um, it took him a long time to even get to the lobby, and he was wearing, like, a, a, a suit that looked like the fuselage of a 747. With the, you know, the, he, was like, he was like the world's oldest, whitest pimp. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> right, it's now, it's, right now it's starting to sound like, the, like Tim Conway from the Carol Burnett Show when he plays the well, old guy. Well, it's not far off. Okay. And at one point, like, I didn't know when, you know, Drew, but I didn't know when he went down there. It's like the price is right from hell. Like, there are caskets and urns with giant price tags next to them. And, oh, I was in and out like a Navy SEAL. And, of course, I was there with my little brother, my younger brother. And so at one point, old man River, like, Wilfred Brimley puts his bony hand on my shoulder and said, must be very comforting at a time like this to be so cute. Well, no. Oh. No. Oh. 100%. And to God. And so I just said, yeah, you know, and devastated and traumatized, I just look in the mirror and think, put a smile on it, pussycat. You're adorable. <laughs> uh. And, oh, uh, you're that, and then he said, you know, the executor, I know they're, you're both executors of the will, but only one of you needs to sign it, just the eldest. And he puts the papers in front of, of, of my brother. And I said, actually, sir, I'm, I'm the oldest. And he said, well, that's just not possible. And again, I'm wow. I'm everything. I'm thinking I can't be hearing this. He leaves the room. My brother leans over and says, I'll "Tell you something right now. You sleep with this dude. We get out of here with just paying the government tax." Yes. So, so these are the type of stories I tell, and it's also moved into more of a general thing. And it's you know what? It's very cathartic, and people really love the show. And I'm now touring it. I'll be in Bancroft with it in the fall, and. Again, bringing it back to Toronto because Shelley Marshall's full body loft, you know, she does so much for mental wellness that I thought it would be a perfect show for there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. So, hold on. I think that you need to partner with the Ontario Funeral Service Association. That's what I think. I'd love to. Can you hook that up? I can. You can't or you can? I can. C-A-N. No apostrophe T. <gasps> well, I think that would be a great idea because really it's, 
I mean, I'm telling you, it's a hilarious show because I know some people were a little bit um, hesitant to come and see it, maybe because they had just suffered the loss of someone close to them. Yes. Exactly. But their fears were all assuaged when they came to the show because it is hysterically funny. And, you know, it's got a lot of heart because it's a tribute to mom, but there's no... It's not like one of those one-woman shows where all of a sudden it talks, <laughs> turns really dark or, you know, I, I, I save that for my own time. Right. But yes. it, it's very, very uplifting is what I'm trying to say. So even if you if it, you think it's going to hit close to home, this, the feedback I've received, received 100% is that it helped people even when they were a little worried about it and that made them, and they could relate to a lot of the story. Carla Marie, um, could you please explain to me what an unconventional grief buster is? Oh, <laughs> well, I have different unconventional grief busters, I suppose. Um, well, one that you can cheer on air? And yes, uh, come on. Come on. Trust me. I, for me, it's not been sexy. Like, when my friend Kim Lee was helping me through this, and she's a girl, when I lost my father, I just drank scotch and slept with a different guy every night. And I'm like, is this an option? Because <laughs> I didn't know that. And basically, I've watched so many episodes of Law & Order. I don't know what, I mean, I know that I'm feeling better because I've weaned myself off. And I mean, every franchise, you know, from the 90s Law and Order Criminal Intent, SUV, the old, the standard. So I I don't, for whatever reason, I found it comforting. And then I've heard from a lot of people that they did that as well. Like you just find a show, may not even be one you particularly like, and that becomes your grief show. And for me, it was Law and Order and Parks and Rec. All right, all right. Uh, what, what about yoga? Hey, I hear a lot of people do yoga when it comes to grief. Well, you know, I just want to be as flexible as my morals. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you something right now. My best advice, now for me, this is what I did, is that since mom left, I have been working out like a Spartan. Right. You have no idea. At some point I was hitting like three or four classes a day when it was because I figured it was either that or heroin. Yeah. And I don't really have the gravitas to pull off a heroin addiction. No. And I have to tell you that the natural endorphins and the working out has absolutely saved my life. And that and being on stage for me personally. And then the great thing is, Drew, you go through grief and when you start to come out of it, you've got a great butt. Yes. (laughs) And then then you might, that's probably a good time to go back and visit that funeral director again. You know. Are you kidding me? I had him at hello. But (laughs) I will tell you one thing. For me personally, I did stop doing yoga when mom first passed. I was doing more things like weightlifting classes and kickboxing because I was angry and I was devastated and all those, you know, that whole ambrosia cocktail of emotions. And I know personally, like yoga, I've cried in yoga classes when my life's great. Yeah. So I just thought, no way am I going to yoga because I was basically, you know, that video of the screaming goat? Yeah, that was you. You did the voiceover. So I was. I didn't want to have a complete utter breakdown. And and I've heard. Of course, I've since heard that it's very good for pain. And I have returned to my, my beloved yoga. But I took a, a good year and a half off of that because I was like, no thanks. Yeah. I can't. I can't watch any sad movies. I mean, I cried during Napoleon Dynamite. People, are you going to go see a dog's purpose? I'm like, no, with a gun to my head. <laughs> million dollars could I go see anything like that oh, so I, I keep it as deep as a lunch tray and that seems to work for me beautiful well it's a very LA way to do things I think as well right so I don't know it's a pretty universal way I think okay. again, laughing and and of course the stage for me was a big escape even when I'm talking about mom I I'm you know for I, I don't know why but it's the one time I don't feel 
in in complete grief or overwhelmed by it. It mm. seems helpful. I would like to say I'm sorry for your loss uh, almost three years ago, and I wish I had met Rosemary more than once. I think I was at we were at the Flying Beaver I think one night, and that's yeah, a little conversation there. Um, I I like you because I see past your beauty. How's that for a line? Wow, that's the best line I've ever heard. Thank you. Well, I can tell you grew up in a funeral home because obviously you're taking some some pointers, <laughs> some pickup pointers from the. the... Oh, thank you. So, what a beautiful thing to say. I don't even. I don't even want to do shtick. I want to just drink that in for a moment, like a Seven Eleven Big Gulp. Thank <laughs> you. <so. laughs> you're, well. you're giving me the vapors, Drew Marshall. The easy, vapors. easy. Uh, you want to go to her website, which is carlacollins.com, uh, carlacollins.com. And Carla, thank you for, for closing off our Mother's Day special. You do walk a beautiful, uh, balanced line of uh, hilarity and sincerity, and uh, and I like your guts. I like your guts, too. Thanks to the whole gang, and I uh, want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day. And uh, I'm going to raise a glass of white wine, Pinot Grigio. Of course, I throw in, you know, some uh, some... Some Xanax in that. And then I'm a good white girl, so I can handle it. Well done. Thank you, Carla. Good to talk to you. Bye, honey. Carla Collins on the Drew Marshall Show. What a fun girl. We'll be back next week. Stay with us.